0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com okay. All right, welcome back. Hope everyone grew this Pesach, literally. Um, so this week's parasha is Pasha Shmiri, but before, before, gonna, before we begin with this week's parasha, so, Baruch Hashem, we had a fantastic program in Arizona, we had 950 people. Wow. it was really unbelievable and I have to say that 950 people for 9 days together in one place not one machlokas, not one complaint to me whether we make money or not it's not important that's success Baruch Hashem. so one of the things that we did is we had these round tables that's not it's called a round table um, where you'd have four rabbis or four different people sitting at, at a table and then the people would ask questions so um, we had Lloyd Plotnick from Aish and we had Rabbi Ginsberg Rabbi Schaefer myself Rabbi Schaefer's from the Schmooze um, Rabbi Sampson from Project Inspire we had, we had a good a good uh, yeah. what's the word not, not a round table what? panel. We had a very good panel. So I want to, so one question took about three hours um, and the crowd got very involved and the panel didn't agree with each other, which makes for a good panel. If everyone agrees, then you can just have one person. So I'm going to throw you this question out and maybe some of you will have a, a thought on, on, uh, We'll have a little interactive share tonight. Maybe you'll have a thought on what you think. So here's the question. If a child comes to one parent, for instance, um, a girl goes to her father, and she says to her father, I want to tell you something that's very important, but I'll only tell it to you if you don't tell mommy. Okay? So child's coming to one parent, and telling that parent, I will only tell you the secret... If you don't tell the other parent. So now there's two sides to this. There's a psychological side. And there's a chinuch side. The chinuch side is. You can't let a child get between a a husband and a wife. The bottom line is. If you agree. If the father agrees and says to the daughter. Okay I won't tell mommy. So. This child knows. That daddy has a secret. ...from mommy that I gave him. Which, when she gets married... ...being that her father kept a secret... ...she'll keep a secret from her husband. Right? And... ...it's unfair to his wife. Because... ...a, a, a, a married couple... should be ...is one. So really, the father should say... ...anything you tell me... ...I have to tell mommy. From a chinuch standpoint... From a psychological standpoint, being that she has one parent that she could talk to, don't take that away. Because if the father's going to say, no, if you, you can't tell it to me unless I tell mommy, and she's not going to tell it to you, she's going to go tell someone else who's not her father, and may get very wrong advice. So from the psychological point of view, don't push her away. But from the Chirah point of view, what are you teaching her? That a kid can get between the parents and, and keep secrets. But a parent keeps secrets. So this went on a whole night. Because some people felt very strongly that me and my wife... Uh, first of all, another thing. If the wife, depending on the relationship, but if the wife finds out that the husband took a secret from the daughter and promised the daughter not to tell her most women will feel that you're married to me, not to my daughter. So if you want to be married to her, you want to listen to her and have her secrets, you can move out of the house with your daughter, have a nice life. Right? Some women will react that way. You're married to me. What do you, what do you mean What do you mean? You listen to a secret? So then get married to her if she can tell you secrets that I can't know. On the other hand, sometimes, let's say in this case, the mother is very sensitive to something but the father's not sensitive to and the kid knows that. Mommy will find out mommy will never be Michael me. She'll never forgive me. But daddy will get, get past it. And one woman said, isn't there doesn't every kid have a one of the two parents that I can go to more than the other? So you're disrupting that. So I don't have there's no I don't have an answer. I mean, I know what I would do with my kid I would probably tell her that mommy's my wife. You know, mommy's my wife, and we have this kind of this marriage. And if you can't, if you can't, if mommy can't know, then I can't know. That's probably what I would do. A lot of people disagreed with that and didn't feel that that was the right answer. Um, And some people feel that your wife should you should you should talk about this before. If one of our kids come, can I keep a secret from you? This discussion should happen. Before you get married, or why you get married, it's great. It's a it's a great date question We're on a shidduch date. It's a great question to ask the guy. Seriously, I mean, you could talk all night about this. Like, what would you do? It's a very good question. It it's it's it doesn't have really an answer, but um, it depends on the individual situation. So you don't know the situation. No, you don't know what she's going to tell you. But still, on her past, your past, there can be millions of factors. That in one situation not a situation not we, we asked it as a general question, not as a, you know, again, if it's something that shown is dangerous to the kids, so you have, of course you have to tell your wife. Now, one guy said, "Tell her you're not going to tell your wife. Then let her tell you. Then tell your wife, but tell her not to let her know that you told your wife." That's what? That's just lying. Ah. So now this is where we're going. So, are you, uh, last night I gave my share with an hour and 40 minutes because I talked to the guys about this. So, are you allowed to lie for Shalom Ba'is? No. I'm sorry to argue with Malka. That is a very misrepresented statement. Hashem cannot lie. Now, what Malka is referring to is. Now when Hashem went to Sarai Sarimenu Sarai said to Hashem, Children? I can't have children. My, my husband is too old. When Hashem repeated to Avraham Avinu, he said that, Sarah said, that she's too old. Because if, if Hashem would have told Avram Avinu, your wife just said you're too old, she would, it would have been an insult. So instead, Hashem changed it, and he said that she said that she's too old. Now, the question is: God can't lie, so God is Ms. So how can you say that? that what he did was the truth. What did Hashem say? That Sarah is too old to have children. Well, that's true. That's true. So the statement. The statement was true. Who the statement was said about. So all Hashem did was change. He didn't change the fact. The fact was that she could not have children. And really he could have children. Right? Because a man can have children much older. On top of that, what you want to say in the corner, which is... I don't know your name. What's your name? Yecheved. Yecheved, what Yecheved is saying, or somebody else said... Now, when you lie to make peace, it's the truth. Now, that opens up a huge can of worms. Why? Because, I'll give you an example. This is what we talked about last night. Well, first of all, that led to another thing. These are very important things. I mean, I can't give a share on it. It's really a, it's really a panel discussion. Is the omission of the truth a lie? Yeah. Now, I will give you the example. A guy tells his wife... I'm going away for an hour. I'm going to visit my parents. On the way, he gets a phone call from his friends that they need another guy for the basketball game. Ah, I'll go visit my parents a different time. He goes to play ball for that hour. Now he comes home, and he doesn't tell his wife he went to play ball. He doesn't tell her anything. She thinks he went to his parents. He doesn't have to tell... Is he Mechaev to tell her, by the way, the guy's called me and I went to play ball knowing that she's going to say... You went to play ball, you had an hour and you didn't come home to me? You lied! You said you were going to your parents. Right? So, her DAS, what she thinks is you went to your parents. You went to play ball. But I didn't lie to her, I didn't, she didn't, when I came home she didn't say, where were you? And I said I went to my parents. I just didn't offer her the information. Is that considered a lie? Now, this happens a lot with couples and when she finds out and she happens to have met her mother-in-law in the store and said so you had a good time with your son last night and she goes well, what are you talking about my son wasn't there and she comes home and rips his head off right and says you liar and he says I, I didn't lie I, I just didn't tell you where I was and this happens a lot so so the question is, is the omission of the truth a lie? And can you lie for 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 shalom bias? Now, if you can lie for shalom bias, then you can pretty much lie about everything. Because you can tell your wife you, you're somewhere, and you go somewhere else, and now if, you, if she's going to find out, she's going to be angry at you. So I'm going to lie and tell her, for shalom bias, I'm going to tell her that I was really somewhere else. That's, that's not allowed. That's not called lying for shalom bias. Lying for shalom bias is as follows. Lying for Shalom bias is as follows. Somebody, somebody on, the, on the Arizona trip came over to me and said, your wife is really nasty. She's mean. I don't like her, right? And my wife sees me 10 minutes later and says, I saw you talking to that lady. What was she talking to you about? And I'm allowed to say she's very unhappy with her waiter and where she's being served. Yes, you're allowed to say that. That's a lie for Shalom Bias. In other words, by, tell, by telling her what this woman really said is going to aggravate her, they're not going to talk to each other, it's sort of lush and, it's repeating lush and hard or whatever it is, so that is a lie for Shalom Bayis. But if you do something wrong and lie about it because I lied, I, I, I did something I wasn't supposed to, and now I'm lying for Shalom Bias, that's not, that's not a lie for Shalom Bias, that's a lie. Now there's another, there's another look at this, and we can talk about this all night. And the other look at it is that once you start lying, you're gonna keep lying. You're gonna start lying for Shalom Bias, but you're gonna end up lying for everything else. So, that was another question that we, you know, that, that we came across. Is not telling the full facts considered a lie? And are you allowed to lie for Shalom Bias? If, you know, if, in such a situation. So there's no question in such a situation. When someone's telling you something bad about your wife, you don't have to repeat it. You can make up a whole. You can make up a story. Okay. Um, So, anyone have an opinion about telling your kid if your kid tells you not to talk to your spouse? Anyone have an opinion if you should listen to your kid or not? What do you think? I think I'll spend money. I'll send you to a therapist. You know, tell that person. Your kid doesn't want to go to a therapist. And do I trust that therapist over me? I'm her father. I'm not sitting here to know therapist. She's coming to me. So why would I push her away? So, so Lori, Lori Plotnik felt very strongly that if you, have, if, you have a, if you have, in today's day and age where kids don't talk to either parent, if you have one parent that you're willing to talk to, grab it. Mm-hmm. <coughs> That's what she felt like. On the other hand, it might be just a manipulation. Where this kid just wants to get in between the husband and the wife. It's a very tough call. Very, yes, what would you like to say? I don't have an answer. But what about if you would say something like, I <coughs> really want to speak to you. Like if you're validating right then that they want to talk, and you tell them to go I really want to speak to you, but? No, not but that you're not going to speak to them. I'm not answering that part. But we have this problem, because I'm... but then you're showing them like you like grab it like you I you, want to speak to you but I can't speak to you because ask, like, and then come up with it. so she's going to say and Tati, I'm not telling you mm-hmm. so you went you're back to square one So a lot of people felt that it's just just you know what you have to listen to, It's it maybe you have to listen to your kid and if you have a good marriage, then then your wife will understand. I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> so now I'm not so sure she can understand. No, I, think so. I think it causes also this was a point that I brought up totally out of the box, but I think it causes a problem between that kid and the spouse that and the spouse that doesn't know about it. Because if she finds out, my wife finds out that my daughter went to me and told me that I can't tell my wife it's gonna break the relationship, whatever it is, between her and my wife. Cause you're gonna be, this kids manipulating our marriage and, and, how, how could you go tell Tati something not to tell me? And she's gonna get all personally and all insulted. So it could be a, it could be really bad. It could really explode. On the other hand, a lot of people felt like you have to save the kid. I don't know. I, I think a marriage is something that comes first before your children you dedicate yourself to your wife and you have a relationship and I, I think you need to protect that and once once that's broken, I think your child will will have that kind of relationship with her husband and you showed her that that's okay and it's not okay it's very t- it's tough, it's tough I mean, we, we were talking this for two and a half hours it's very tough What do you want to ask? Well, if it's something really important that needs to be discussed and, and by a parent then yes Marriage is always very important, but, to, you know, you're kind of disregarding what the child wants to say and needs to discuss. So the wife, if there is a good marriage going, then why why would one comment or one conversation bother the wife so much, if it's important enough? Because it's a rift in their relationship. Someone, someone got between the two of us. Someone told you, so you agreed with someone... Not to tell me something. In an open relationship, it's a big no no. Let me put it this way if it was an outside person, if it doesn't affect the relationship, every rub, and myself included, there'll be people that'll come to me and tell me something that I can't tell anybody. But it has no effect. It's not. A, it's not part of my my relationship with my wife. If someone's coming from the outside and telling me a situation that they don't want anyone to know about, I I, I don't think I would tell anybody. Because, but that's that's not my that's not my child. So it's a little different. My wife doesn't need to know what this guy did wrong. She has nothing to do with him. No, oh, it's very it's very tough. it's it's it's, it's a, the question is better than any answer you'll give. It's a very, very tough question. Huh? Right, if you do that, if you let them do that once, it's going to happen again and again and again. I think it also, someone felt it has to do with the age of the child. In other words, if if your 17-year-old daughter comes to you, you better listen. If your 8-year-old kid, you have to say no. Whatever you tell me, I have to tell mommy. Depends on the age of the child also. Are we having a child telling you... I'm trying very hard to make that happen. We had a meeting about it today. Mitzvah Shem. We can't go a whole year without a Shabbaton. I know. Right? Okay, Mitzvah Shem. Am I invited? <laughs> you are the Shabbaton. What do you mean are you question is, am I invited? That's the question. Not if you're invited. You. All right. Let's get to the Pasha. Yes? I just have one thing on... What happens... Sometimes kids can't go to the father and they can't go to the mother. It's just in between... But, like sometimes they just want to say the other. That's one. fine. But I'm telling I'm telling my mother that she can't tell my father. My daughters will come to me. To my daughters are not gonna ask my wife about certain things, they're not gonna ask me about what they should buy in the gap. I mean it depends. No, that's not what I'm saying. Like, personal things sometimes they say I don't want you to discuss that with Tati because he's a you know, a boy and she's a girl. Like she just feels more comfortable with I'm not I'm not talking about feminine things. that's not what I'm talking about. No, no. No, that I understand. You're going to ask your mother things, and the boy's yeah, going to ask his father. And By the way, it usually goes the other way. Girls tell their father not to tell the mother, boys tell their mother not to tell the father. So you're not going to have that. You're not going to have a girl going to her mother on a feminine thing. She's she going to go to her father. She, girls go to their father and tell him not to tell their mother. Boys go to their mother because they're softer. And don't tell Tati, I miss Daveni today, or I forgot my children, or I lost my children, he's going to go crazy, whatever it is. It's a major thing you're about. Yeah. In front of a major thing. So it's uh it was just one of the questions that um that came up. Age. Huh? I think it's a manner of age. If she's young, you don't have them splitting husband and wife. But if she's like seventeen, it changes. If she's seventeen, she's not looking at it that she's splitting the two. Right. She's looking at it that I went to my father for advice. But a nine year old's like, ha I got him. I got him. He has a secret. I have mommy doesn't know mommy doesn't know. So right, it's a different mentality. Okay, so let's go to the parasha. So that was anyway, we had some very interesting, interesting kind of questions, interesting, interesting marriage questions. It was, uh, it was very feisty. It was very nice. Okay, so this week's parasha, um, it's a terrible tragedy. A terrible tragedy in this week's parasha. And the tragedy was that Aaron our Cohen's um, two children, oldest children, another Avihu, were killed. They died in a in a fire that came out of Shemayim. What did they do wrong? So there's five things. Five things they did wrong. They drank wine. They didn't wash their hands and their feet. They did not get married. They did not have children. And they passed in the halacha in front of the rabbim, in front of Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron. They did five things wrong. So I'm going to read you the passage. The passage says the following. So there's, there's, there's two Mizbeachs, two altars in the in the Mishkan. one outside, it's called the Mizbeach HaKitzah, the altar on the outside. And one inside, which was the Mizbeach the gold altar, which was for Kitaras. So, They took their pans. And they put fire in it. And they put fire in it. What happened was like this. Hashem was supposed to send down a fire from Shemayim onto the Mizbeach. Everybody everybody would see this fire come out of Shemayim. Onto the Mizbeach and burn the Ketoros. Okay? Another Vaviyu came and they thought that they would make a Kiddush Hashem. So they went ahead. Instead of waiting for the fire to come down, they lit the fire. Which was really a Chilol Hashem. Because it looked like that Hashem can't send the fire. Us human beings have to light the fire. It was a very big mistake. They didn't wait for Hashem to send the fire. They, they, they brought an h Zara A strange fire. They brought their own fire on the Mizbeach. And a fire came out of Hashem. And instead of going on the Mizbeach, it ate them up. It burnt their insides out. And they died in front of Hashem. Now. They died way before their time. It says that Nadim and Avihu, the sons of Aaron, Re-idom, Re-idom Aaron, and Aaron didn't say anything. He stood there, watched his two sons die. Vaidom was a verb. He wanted to cry, he wanted to scream, but he held himself back. He made himself silent. Not the lack of making, of saying anything, but he made himself silent. And he was rewarded for that. Hashem spoke directly to him after that, and told him, no kahanam allowed to come into, into the Mishkan with wine. So, what was their Avera? their Avera was that they brought this Eshzar and they made a Chil Hashem they did not wait for the fire from Hashem and they caused a big Chil Hashem Everybody's was like oh God needs help, right? and they died because they died because of this Chil Hashem so they died much younger than they were supposed to die so they had to come back in a Gilgal to fix to be Masakein we're all back everyone in this room believe it or not you were here before Says that this door, for sure, are no new souls. A lot of souls from the Holocaust are here, because so they died very young. Was a million children. So a lot of there are some people that have Holocaust dreams. They're very connected to the Holocaust. They don't know why. So we have a lot of souls that that, that died young and had to come back to fulfill their days. So none of, them of you died very young. They weren't even twenty. They weren't even twenty. So under twenty, you're not chayav misa shemayim. They only judge you right. He said, but by Chil Hashem, even under 20, you judge, judged by Chil Hashem under 20. the So they died. So now they have to come back in a go-go. So who, is, who did the, anyone here know who they came back as? Who did not the come back as to fix what they did wrong? Not Korach. Pinchas. Pinchas, but Allah's, but I not They came back as Pinchas. Now, how could two souls come back as Pinchas? And the answer is, they didn't get married. And a person who doesn't get married is considered a half a soul. We could put this down, Ruth, so Ruth could sit down. Right here, right here. Just put it down on the floor, so she could sit down. Mm-hmm. So, there were two half a souls. So, two half a souls came back as Pinchas. Now, what happened What happened with Pinchas? So Pinchas had to straighten out, had to fix what they did wrong here. What did they do wrong here? Moshe and Aaron were standing there. And they were waiting, right, for the fire to come down. They didn't wait. And they took a step in front of their Rebbe, in front of Moshe and Aaron. They took a step and they did something that they shouldn't have done. What happened by Pinchas? Pinchas, Zimri, right? Zimri and Cosby were doing a big sin in front of everybody. And Moshe and Aaron were supposed to stop them, but they didn't say anything. They didn't do anything. So Pinchas went ahead and he took the action. Over here, Moshe and Aaron were, were, were quiet over here. They were quiet for the right reason, waiting for the fire. Over there, they were quiet for the wrong reason. So over here, they stepped up when they weren't supposed to. Pinchas fixed it. He stepped up when you were supposed to. Okay. Pinchas wasn't finished though. Because still, he took the right action, but he still didn't, what was, what was the mistake that they made? What was their main mistake? Their main mistake is they weren't, they didn't wait. They were supposed to wait for the fire. So that Pinchas didn't fix. Pinchas fixed the Kiddush Hashem. They did a chilah He fixed the kiddush Hashem, but the action that they did wrong, the action that they did wrong was that they didn't wait. Pinchas didn't fix that; just the opposite. He he didn't he threw the spear right away. So he also didn't wait. So somebody else had to fix that. Who fixed that? So it says that Pinchasel Yahoo in the Sefer Lugulim. It says that Pinchas had to come back and fix that. And then Nadab-havi, who left his left his soul and Aliyonah went to Shemayim. He had to fix that you have to wait for the fire. How do he fix that? So there's a fantastic... In Malachim, Malachim Aleph Yudchas. so at that point, there was a very, very bad king. And the king's name was Achav. And Achav was an oyved of Oedazorah. And he had with him... 4th neviim, four hundred and fifty false neviim. They were called nevi'a habal. The Baal was the avodah zarah that they used to serve. with a very big and very powerful, um, a very powerful avodah zarah. So now listen to Elio Hanavi. He said the following: "Va'ata," he says, "and now," and he's talking to Achav. Shlach sent k'vaytzei ko yisrael in HaKarmel, a, a in Haifa, Gather all the Jews onto the mountain of Carmel. Bring me all your false prophets. 450 prophets. So, Achav gathered the whole Jewish nation, the whole Jewish nation. And put them on HaKarmel. And he put them on HaKarmel. This is a very fascinating pasuk. And in our day and age, nobody's allowed, we could not say this, but Elio Novi could say this. And he said the following. Elio Novi said, for how long are you two ga- are you Jews? He's getting up now talking to the Jews. He's saying, for how long are you going to play on both sides? If Hashem is our God, Luchu So follow Hashem! The Imhabal. But if the boy Desari is your is your God, luchu Go after him. In other words, we had this discussion many, many weeks ago where Rifki Imenu prayed for a child that was half good, half bad. And Yitzhakobinu said no. Either give me a child that's a tadik or give me a child that's a Russia. Because I don't want a mixed up kid. I, I, if he's a Russia and he's really bad, so if we change him, he'll become a Tzadik. But I don't want a kid who plays plays the two games, we're going to talk about it this week's Pasha. I don't want a pig. What's a, what do I mean, I don't want a pig? This week's Pasha, Pasha Shemini, talks about what's kosher and what's not kosher. And the the animal that it talks about that's not kosher is the pig. Now one second, a lion's not kosher, a cougar's not kosher, uh, a, a tiger's not kosher, a monkey's not t- kosher, a hippopotamus is not kosher. Why are you picking out the pig? Now, the reason is, because a pig has one of the two simonim. What makes an animal kosher? It has split hooves, and it chews its cud. Now the split hooves, you could see. And if you ever see how a pig sits, he puts his hands in front of him. Look everybody, I'm kosher. But what's inside him, which you cannot see, right? What's inside him that you cannot see is that he doesn't chew his cud. That's why he's treif. So I would think, if I have an animal that doesn't have any kosher simonim, a lion, he doesn't have split hose and he doesn't chew his cud, cud, he's more unkosher than an animal that has one out of the two. The pig has one. The lion has none. So if the lion has none, he should be less kosher than the pig that has one. But the Torah tells us that the animal that's the most unkosher is a pig. Why? So the, so the mamloyes brings down, I'll read to you from inside, and he says <laughs> that an animal that has, that, 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 that fakes you, right? Adaraba, Adarabah, begalau simon because it has a kosher siman, noysefa tumah, the uh, the unpure part of it is even greater. Why? She beglasim and ataharash yeh boy toin by habrios, because people see the hooves, they think it's kosher. But zeh remes la nashem, this is a remes to people. Hamarum to nois rabbis shal chasidis. Everyone they on the outside they look like the biggest tzaddikim. Ube fenim libam haymuleim teyevas, but inside they're full of lust and averes. And he says, the people that look kosher on the outside, but inside they're not. They're disgusted. They're disgusting in the eyes of Hashem. Hashem hates a faker more than a Russia. A guy who's bad, bad to the bone. He's bad on the inside. He's bad on the outside, right? Is better than a guy who's good on the outside and bad on the inside. So the Chazer, because he's a faker, right? That animal is the animal that the Torah calls not kosher more than the lion even though the lion doesn't even have split hooves because we don't want fakers. Over here, Eliyahu Novi said to the Jews, right, he said, pick and choose a side. Don't play both sides. Don't look from and bow down to bow. He said, I'd rather, which is only Eliyahu Novi could say, he said, either pick a Hashem or pick an Abayi You can't have both. Can't have both. You can't be a frum tzniestig lady and have an iPhone. You can't. Sorry, I'm kidding. But you can't. You can't have both. You can't have both. Then you're kosher. You're kosher. Then you have to have a kosher phone. You can't be a kosher person with an unkosher phone. So Ali was saying, you can You can't play both sides. Pick a side. That's what he told them so he said if you want to do Zorah, so follow that which we can't say such a thing right because in our heads it's like if a guy keeps Shabbos and he eats trade at least he keeps Shabbos he like said no it's not going to work either keep Shabbos and keep everything or don't keep anything you got to be straight that's what he said so he said the following he told them we're going to do a test and this is what we're going to do you're going to build him as bayach." an altar, you're going to take a cow, you're going to cut it into pieces, you're going to put it on, a, on wood, you're going, to, you're going to pray to your and he should send the fire from Shemaim to burn your carbon. I'm going to take a cow, put him on my mizbeach, put him on the wood, pour water all over the cow, pour water all over the wood, pour water all over the rocks, pour water all around him beach. I'm going to call to my God. We'll see which God sends out a fire. Now the VA, 450 of them, they knew they were false. So they knew that they're going to scream for a fire to come. No fire is going to come. So what did they do? They built a hollow mezbah. And they put a man inside. And they put a man inside with fire. And they said, when we scream for God to send fire, you'll light it from underneath. All of a sudden the wood will have fire coming out of it. And everyone's going to think that, that Baal is really God. They had this all planned. Okay. Well, your Novi did not know about this. Fine. So they build their mizbeach And they put the cow on it with the wood on it. What happens? Hashem sends a snake. Who goes under the mizbeach, says the Novi. And kills the guy inside the mizbeach. So now he's dead. And with them screaming, there's no one to light the fire. But they didn't know that. So this is what happens. You call the name of your God, and I'll call in my God, and the whole nation said, that's a good idea. Okay? So this is what they do. They took the cow, and they screamed to their God Baal from the morning until the evening. Answer us, and there's no answer. It was late afternoon. and Eliyahu made fun of them. Byikru he said, "Kiru gadol, you better start yelling louder, kilo kimhu, because your God ulai Yoshe, Maybe he fell asleep, and you need to wake up your God baal. The maybe if you scream loud enough, he'll wake up. So these fools really thought that maybe their God fell asleep. Byikru b'kol gadol." And they, they started screaming as loud as they could. Atshvach they started bleeding from their nose, they started bleeding. That's so how hard they were screaming. But of course, there was no voice, there was no answer, there was no fire, there was nothing. Okay, so now it's getting to be evening, it's starting to get dark. So Eliyo turned to the whole Jewish nation, he said, come to me. But he got the yovel shteim He built them his back in front of them. He took twelve stones, like the shiftei kah, and he put the animal on it. And he filled, he poured water all over the place. But he got and he said the following: Hashem alukei Avram Yitzchak B'Yisrael, Hashem the God of Rabbi said Yagaiyim Yivada today. Let it be known kiato l'kim B'Yisrael, if you are the God of by v'ani adecha, and I am your servant. U'drachas he said called from and I did this. All in your name. Aneini Hashem Aneini. There's a beautiful Jewish woman's prayer book called Aneni. You know where that comes from? Pasig Lamed Zion in Perek Yud Ches, Molochim Aleph. Aneini Hashem Aneidi. Answer me Hashem, answer me. V'yedu ki And a fire And a fire came down. And it ate up the carbon, the wood, the stones, the dust, the water. The whole thing got fried. The fire came down from Shemaiah and burnt everything. And the whole nation, the Jewish nation, saw that. Now don't forget, Till this point they were there by the They fell on their faces. This is what you say, the last thing in the Iwah before the Shana Haba, we say Hashem Huala comes from here. Okay, so now who was Eliyahu Navi? Eliyahu Navi was Pinchas. So how did he, how did he fix everything? So what he did was, let's look at this for a moment. What was the Aveira? What was the Aveira that that Nadav and did? The avera was that there was supposed to be a fire from Shemayim and they didn't wait for the fire from Shemayim and they brought their own fire and they made a Chil HaShem. What did El do here in front of the whole Klai He waited a whole day for the fire and the fire that, that, that he did not wait that came down, that, that did not come down in the Mishkan because of the fire that they lit, that fire now came down over here. So he waited a whole day, not what another Evi do and he brought a fire from Shemayim, B'kidosh Hashem, to fix the fire that they brought over here the Khilhashem. And it says right after that, I'll know we went to Shema'im because he did he was masaking what he had to do. So he was mamish Mesakain exactly what they did wrong. He was masaking to fix it. And every single person in life comes back in Gilgal gets a chance to fix whatever it was that we did last time, we get a chance to fix it, to fix it this time. But one of the most important points that Leonelby made here was you can't play both sides. Either you're in or you're out. And that's what he told Klai Yisrael. Either you're in or you're out. So now I want to end with this. So it says the following unbelievable story. Now I don't want you to get this story wrong, but it's an unbelievable story, and it's a very true story. And my father, Oliver Shalom, Every single time it came to Pasha Shemini... In his Ma'amlayas... This is not his Ma'amlayas... His Ma'amlayas... He had this whole thing underlined... With all kinds of notes on the side... Every single year... He read this story to us... And this is the story... The story was like this... And it's on it's on the... The, the part of the Torah... That talks about the Chazir... That it has with um, hooves... But it doesn't chew its cud... By the way, I believe the Gemara says... That so when Mashiach comes, the Chazah will get its second, I believe there's a Gemara that says that the Chazah will get its second simon. That it will chew its cud. Chewing its cud means it regurgitates. It chews and swallows, it chews and swallows. A cow does that many, many times. I think the Gemara says that the Chazor will get, when Mashiach comes, he will start to chew his cud. But anyway, nothing, right now Mashiach, it's not here; that's not chewing its cud. Listen to this story, and we'll end with this. The story of a man who was very, very rich, and he had a only son. When he was on his deathbed, he called his son and he said, "Da, I want you to know, I'm leaving you over a lot of money. For the rest of your life, you'll have money. You'll never have to work. But one thing I want to tell you," he said. Stay away from from fakers. What's a What is it? What does that mean? On the outside, they look like the most amazing from you know chassidus, but in their heart, they're rishon. He said, and I'm warning you to stay away from them. And he died. You think man's on his deathbed? His only son. He's going to give him some, crazy, you know, unbelievable advice. He told him, "Stay away from fakers." Okay, fine. So the old man dies, and his son gets all this money. And he marries a poor, a poor orphan girl. She was very, very beautiful. And she was very modest. After a few years, he says to his wife come, Binitael Tasper Khov, let's go for a walk in the street. Let's go see what's going on in the world. So his wife tells him, Tayak me Pesak I am not leaving my house. Why? Shema Yira some man is going to see me, the Yakshek bin is going to want me, the Egrimaber al Yaddin is going to do a sin because of me. I don't want to see other men. I don't want to be thinking about other men. Wow. This She wouldn't even walk out of the house because some man might look at her. All of a sudden he said, "Uh Uh-oh. He got a shock. And he said, Maybe she's part of this group that my father warned me about that outside they look like they're very modest, but inside they're not. So he said, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to test her. So he tells his wife, I have a business deal that I have to travel to a far city, but I need right to write to and I want to go there. So prepare me food to go. And he went ahead and he made copies of all the keys to his house. So she didn't know that he had a second set of keys. He locked all the doors, but he had two keys. One he kept in his pocket, and the second one he gave to his wife, his wife thinking that that was the only key. And when he comes home, he'll knock on the door. He did not tell her about the second key that he had in his hand. Okay, His wife wished him, she hugged him, she wished him, she should have a good trip. When it's dark, and he left, she thought she say that she went far away. Okay, so he goes out of the city, and he goes half a mile out, and he waits till it's dark. And when it gets dark, he comes back to the house. What happens? He opens door after door because he has the key until he comes to his bedroom and he finds her, he was just gone a couple of hours and he finds her with a non-Jewish man in bed when she sees that her husband walked in on her all of a sudden her husband showed up she said to the guy take your sword chop off his head because if he's going to tell everyone that he caught us, I'm finished So the Baal, the 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 husband saw this, so he ran. And he ran as fast as he could out of the city. This man had a very bad night. So he ran out of the city until he got to the next city. Because you know this guy was chasing with a sword. So that night, listen to what happens. He runs into the city where the king lives. That night, some some robbers went into the treasury of the king. And they stole many jewels. So the king sent out the police right away to find out who stole it. So when they went out in the Rechovot, they found a man sleeping on a bench who was a stranger. They arrested the man who was sleeping in the And they put him in jail. For sure, this is the Ganav. Right? No other human being at 4 o'clock in the morning was in the street. It must be him. They began to torture him. This poor guy. After that, he ran away from his house. And now they're torturing him. I mean, they, that he would admit that that what he did. But he would not admit it because he didn't do it. They decided they're going to hang him. He must have done it. They're going to hang him little when they went out to hang him. So they were going to the middle of the, of the town to hang him, so that all the people should learn a lesson. Whatever you steal from, when you steal from the king, you're going to hang. But on their way, there was a galach that was standing next to the wagon because last rites, right before he, before he gets before he gets hung. And and he kept telling this person to to become a, a guy before he's hung. On their way to the center of the city, they had to go through the, gar- the street of the garbage. The garbage street. On that street was full of worms. You know, earthworms. They were eating the garbage. So the galach said to the hangman, the executioner, don't take this man through this road, because if we're going to go on this road, there are many worms, and the wagon and all the soldiers are going to step on the worms, and kill the worms, and it says in the Bible, you have to have pity, on all God's creation, when the guy, who was supposed to be hung, heard this, he said, one second, this guy has no, no pity on me, I'm a human being, but he has pity on worms? That's weird. So he said, ah, my father warned me about these guys. He's worried about worms, but he's not worried about humans. He's the God of. He's the one who stole it. And it must be that he hid it in the street. He don't care about worms. And it must be he doesn't want the king's men to go down the street. So he said to the executioner, please take me back to the king. And I will admit to the king where I put it. Because they didn't find it. I'll admit to the king where I put it. And then you can hang me. Ha ha. So they ran back to the king. We came to the king. He said, I know who did it. I have to tell you the truth. I did it together with this galach. A galach the a priest. I don't want to use that word. So I'm calling him a galach. Okay? Because we're on tape. lie. So the king said to him, the king was very smart, who a One second. You, you, I never saw you before. If this is the first night you were in my kingdom. How did you partner up with this guy? You don't even know him. Right? He says, I'll tell you the truth. I didn't partner up with the galach. I didn't take, I didn't take anything. And he told the king the story that before his father died, his father gave him this weird warning. Stay away from people who look, who are too extreme. People are too extreme. They're hiding something. So he told the story with his wife, and he told them, I guarantee you that the reason he didn't want to go down this road was not because of the worms, but probably his stuff is hidden down the road. So they went searching, in a in a, in a, in a place hidden behind the garbage where nobody would look, they found all the jewelry. And the king hung, hung the galach, and he hung his wife, and he, he hung his wife, and he hung the, the, the one that was with his wife that came after him with the sword. They all got hung. Right? And, and what was the, the simon that this father said, people who are too extreme, they're hiding something. Now, but he's very careful, the mamloyes, and he says, but, a person, who does it quietly, and doesn't show it off, he is really a Yire Hashem. And anyone who bothers him, and makes fun of him, should know, that he gets a very big Avera. So I'm going to tell you something, that I have done many times, I had a, I had a Makubel, a Rav that I was very close to. His name was Machluf Lassfi. He died at 105 years old. He died about 10 years ago. Now, I went to him when there was a, a girl who was in my class whose brother was going out with a non-Jewish girl. And no matter what they did, they could not break him up. So I went to Makhlouf and I asked him is there anything in Kabbalah that you could do, maybe David, that you could do whatever it is. And he told me there is one thing. Take three people who are close to that person, who are connected to their soul, they have to fast from morning to night, a full fast, say the whole him, and fast in order to take this boy away from the grips of this non-Jew, specifically fast for that reason, but, if any of the three people who fast tell anyone that they're fasting, it won't work. It has to be kept secret for the rest of their lives. So if your mother asks you, if you're doing that fast, and your mother asks you, why aren't you eating? You have to make, I don't feel well. Whatever it is. You cannot tell. The, K- the Kavayosha says that on any fast that a person takes privately, you are not allowed to tell anybody that you're fasting. Because it's like, I'm fasting. And the fast is worthless. In other words, the kadusha. When you do something that's kadash and you do it privately that nobody knows, then that person really means it. When you're putting on the show like the Khazir who sits with his hands out, look, I'm kosher, I'm kosher, I'm kosher, then you got to go inside the belly. And if you go inside the belly, he's not chewing his cud. He's a chazir. So the mom lawyer says very carefully, it doesn't mean you're going to go to shul and you're going to see some lady davening, you know, davening in the corner. Oh man, I can't imagine what she's doing. She must be sitting like crazy. Look, she's like that lady, you know, She like the guy with the worms. No, no. It's the person that is out there and like, oh my gosh, we can't walk here because... So he, the Mammu says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu and that's Pasha Shemini. That, that, two, that's the Chazar. But he says that all the trade for animals is very interesting. And, and, and we learn a very big lesson. We'll end with this. And that that is that why can't you eat a lion? Why? Why are things that... One of the things that don't have split holes and, and, and don't chew its card, the Mice, we don't give reasons for, for, you know, the Torah for mitzvahs, but he brings it down and I've seen it in many places. The reason is because they're animal eaters. And that becomes part of them. So when you eat an animal eater, you become that, that rough, you know, person. The other animals that we eat are grass eaters. Tsameach, flower eaters, grass eaters. So they don't have that when you eat them, you don't get that harshness. So if you look at the birds that are unkosher, like a hawk and an eagle and, and vultures, they're meat eaters. They rip, you know, if you eat them, then you become, you become like them. So all the animals that don't have split hooves, right, and don't chew their cud, they're not a kosher animal, they're all meat eaters. We do not eat any animal that eats meat. A deer, a moose, uh, uh, A cow, a lamb, a goat, a ram, right? The meat, a buffalo, all the meat that we eat are animals that only eat sameach, that only eat grass. We don't eat something that eats chai. We don't eat something that eats something that's alive. And the reason is because what you eat affects who you are. One of the main reasons that I... Went to open, and I'm in the middle of Baruch Hashem, and Mitchem will invite everyone up there, we'll take buses, you never saw such a place. This rehab that we had, that we found in Menesink, the 24 acres, with the horses and everything, the one of the, the first reason that I, that I thought of opening a Jewish rehab was because our girls who are eating traif, who come from kosher homes, are eating pork and, in the morning for breakfast and sausages and khazer traif and all these places, According to what we're learning, if you eat that, then you become like that. So no matter how much therapy I give them, if it's a Jewish soul, it's full of chazer, you can't get better. It might look like you got better, but your soul got much worse. And that was the original idea of opening this place so that all the food in our place is going to be kosher, whether you're Jewish or not Jewish. It's like Maimonides. You don't have to be a Jewish patient, but everything is kosher. It's a kosher kitchen, and all the food in Maimonides' hospital is kosher. So there's no the thing as trade for food in the Maimonides' hospital. The guy eat kosher food, the Jews eat kosher food, the Islams and the Christians, everybody eats kosher food because the whole Maimonides' is kosher. The reason that we wanted to open up this rehab was, number one, we're serving our kids kosher. Because whatever you eat has an effect on you. And the vegetarians very much feel that outside of the kosher world that a person who doesn't eat meat or anything that's alive, right? Makes you a much calmer person. You don't eat, They don't eat fish. I have a, a, someone who works for me. She doesn't eat fish. She doesn't eat, I feel bad for her, she doesn't eat meat, she doesn't eat chicken, she doesn't eat fish. She doesn't eat anything that comes from an animal. So no eggs, no butter, no milk. Just someach. You don't get fat. I can tell you that much. Just to me, she only eats plants. Nothing that's alive. Is she calm? No. Does she have a temper? Yes. So I don't know where that psychology goes, but she's very uptight and very nervous. Maybe she's eating the wrong plants. I don't know. Right? Maybe she's only eating radishes. I don't know what she's eating. But, but what you eat is who you are. You, know, you are what you eat. That's what they say, right? So the Torah is telling us over here, that we specifically eat these different items, and um, what, the, the, the two proofs that God gave the Torah are in this week's parsha, and they talk about it a lot. Um, Rabbi Mechanic and Esha Torah, and this, these are two proofs that nobody can fight. The biggest atheists cannot fight. One is that the Torah tells us that the Chazar is the only animal that that has split hooves and, and doesn't chew its cud. Up to this day, there's no zoologist. There's no one who has ever found an animal. Like the pig that has split hooves and doesn't chew its cud. So, if Moshe Rabbeinu would have written the Torah, he would have never put something in it that you could disprove. Why, why? If I'm writing something, I want to fool you all. I'm not going to write anything that you could disprove. Why would I write that there's only one animal like that? Because maybe in 2,000 years from now, you'll find an animal in the Amazon and then you're going to throw the book out, right? So, how could someone know that there's only one animal in the whole world? We're still finding everyday new animals. In the Galapagos, in in, in the Amazon, in South Africa, they're finding new animals. So how could someone write such a statement? There's only one being that could write such a statement. If I created every animal, I could say I didn't create any other animal but the pig. So that statement in the Torah throws all the atheists, that they can't fight that. So they're like, well, right now you're right, but maybe in 2,000 years from now you won't be right. I'm not going to be here. So I'm not going to worry about it. So that's one. And you could say, I had some kids who uh, don't want to believe in the light. Well, maybe you know, maybe Moshe Rabbeinu, the whole thing's fake. But he, 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 he was a zoologist. I'm like Moshe Rabbeinu was born in Mitzrayim, went to Midian, and ended up on the edge of Eretz Yisrael. Pretty much all in the same area. He wasn't in the Galapagos. He wasn't in South America. He never went to the Amazon. So, there's no way that he can know every animal. But, if you want to say that, you want to be that ridiculous, you want to say that, how about the Torah tells us, actually, the Gemara brings this down, but the Torah tells us that the simon for a fish, right, is fins and scales. Is a simon for a fish. The Gemara says, you will never find a fish that has scales that has only one simon. You'll never find a fish that has scales and no fins. Automatically, if it has scales, it has fins. To this day, Now, no one can know what's underneath the ocean. We can't see it, right? To this day, no fish has ever been found with scales that doesn't have fins. So it must be from these two things that the Creator who wrote the Torah knows what he created. He never created a fish that has scales that doesn't have fins. He never created such a fish. So therefore, there is no such a fish. He never created an animal outside of the Chazer that has split hooves that doesn't chew its cud. So these two points that are in the middle of Pasha Shemini just thrown in there is an absolute proof that the Torah was given by God. Maybe we'll be to see the Shekhinah and the Beis HaMikdash and maybe it's a weird thing to say, maybe we'll be to see the, to see the Gemara that the chazar that will have two because that's what's going to happen when Mashiach comes. All right, one second. I just want to tell you one second before you turn off the camera. What it, what it, maybe what that means, okay, because who really cares? You want to eat Hazar? We need to eat Hazar Lamp chops are not good enough. Maybe that means that when Mashiach comes, the people who are good on the outside but rotten on the inside, when Mashiach comes, everybody's going to be good on the inside and good on the outside because there won't be a Yitzhahar anymore. So maybe what the Gemara is saying, that maybe it's not the Chazar itself, right? But even if it is the Chazar itself, the representation, that the Chazer right now on the outside is good, inside is bad. That's terrible. But when Mashiach comes, the Chazar Simmon will change. And the human being, because there'll be no more satan. human being will be good inside and out. Maybe we we'll all zaikhah to see that. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com